hey kids, you uh, you trying to get into Segment City? Well, you really shouldn't, because Segment City is a mature podcast, and listener discretion is advised. I'm just trying to look at, I know I'm in an alleyway, I know, I know how I look, but I got some fireworks for you kids. I got snakes and I got sparklers, that's all I got. Oh, don't give me that. So, before the podcast, Theo and I were chatting, as we do, you know, before war- doing vocal warm-ups. We do that every <gasps> single time. <gasps> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of, of, of hyperventilating for some reason. Yeah, a lot of nervous breathing. <laughs> please, we're going to put out, <laughs> we're going to record ourselves and we're going to put out jokes. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. Uh, but we were talking about just like college stuff and I was like, did I ever tell you about the time I went to Georgetown just touring around for colleges, mm-hmm. which is a, a lovely college, beautiful college um, in Washington, D.C. Yeah, nice campus, lovely, I've heard. I've heard. Lovely brick. They, I think they have a bar on campus. I remember like- A bar? Little is that one of their from selling the, points? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Like, <laughs> it's not, not a spe- selling point. I mean, we had like two bars on, <laughs> that were kind of on campus, I guess. Um, but so I go there with my parents- because we went on a weird tour of, like, Philadelphia and Washington, D.C. Like, we went half the way down the East Coast looking at, like, political science stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. What are we doing here? Like, <laughs> I'm not even a political science. Like, I don't. I kind of like. I'm digging gov. What are we is, doing here? <laughs> right. What are we doing here? But they kind of end the tour with a kind of the glamour shot before the. The glamour the, shot. The get, get my yeah, good side. Yeah. It is literally, you go up, the, they have these, like, walkways, and uh, you, we went up these stairs, and we were on this, like, patio walkway area Yeah, that was overlooking the Potomac. Beautiful. Beautiful. Scenic. And I look over, and there are students there, and there was a young lady, and she was uh, sunbathing in a uh, swimsuit, and she had, was face down, and she looked up at me and just went, welcome to Georgetown. <laughs> and I was like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> what a and movie you, moment and your, i only your I was like let's tr- hormones were like oh <laughs> and so i was like let me try to get it and then it had such a high gpa requirement and i absolutely could not go there i don't even know why we toured <laughs> because of that one girl sunbathing you were like i, I was like i gotta go i gotta go i gotta go i mean i mean that's a pretty uh good advertisement for your college pretty good was that a, was that planted by the school I don't know. I mean, they're there during say. summer. It's it's. Who's to uh, say? They could take summer courses and be sunbathing at the time that a tour is going by. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But you know what? Everyone in Segment City hates sunbathing. We are the palest, most. We're green. We've gone to We've gone green. past palace. Hey, speaking of Excuse sunbathing, me. this morning what, what? I was sitting on my <laughs> you porch. Interrupting my intro. <laughs> what is this? I just had to sneak this in there because you reminded me. This morning yeah. I was sitting on my porch. I looked over at my neighbor's roof. Who's looking back at me from the roof? Well, Rakukuni. Well, Rakukuni up on that roof. And (laughs) (laughs) he was hiding behind behind the chimney and it proceeded to fall asleep and sleep there all day. I was checking on it out from my window. Little Rakukuni taking a nap. And I say sunbathing because this roof is like full sun exposed. And I was like, yeah, seems like a lot of cover. (laughs) You're like, okay, I think I'm going to get my night's rest under the blazing hottest sun like that I can find. I was I, With that, fur it yeah. as like a chubby little raccoon. Yeah. Was like, yeah. <gasps> but it was out there sunbathing all day. I was like, what time are you getting up? What are your evening plans? You know, what's going on, little raccoonie? <laughs> they, they are ne- nocturnal. So yeah. maybe he was just like, you know what? I'm just done. I got up here <laughs> and it started to turn to dawn and I was like, Good enough. You ever just look at your watch wherever you are and you're like, you know what? It's 1030. I'm sleeping right here. No further questions. <laughs> like a video game yes. character? Where I'm you sleeping just, right like, here. I'm rest. setting up tent right now. <laughs> shoo, honk, shoo, honk, shoo. I'm now <laughs> at exactly eight hours from now. Perfect. And that's what everyone also does in Segment City. Mm-hmm, we true. don't sunbathe, but boy, oh boy, do we get our sleep. It is a, a I get at least 10 hours. I sleep a lot. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, you must you must have a lot of energy. No, no, it's the depression. Oh, okay, well, got you. <laughs> uh, 
Well, and so the, uh, my name is Will Kane, and I'm the sleepiest little boy that's ever been. I'm sleepier than a raccoon on a hot, hot <laughs> July roof. And I'm, Theo, <laughs> and I'm Theo Zabacos, and please, just let me rest. Please! <laughs> we record these just... one after another. I've done the, oh. the, the severance <laughs> thing, where one personality continuously records podcasts, and the other one is free. Oh, my. Is, All it, I do is I end a podcast, and when I know, the next thing I know, I'm starting another one. <laughs> we we haven't slept. We haven't eaten. Uh, any slurping sounds? That's just the little. Uh, we have hamster water bottles, so <laughs> we can get. You ever think about the concept of severance? Why sever your consciousness just once? Why don't you have one consciousness that's just continuously pooping? You just finish your poop. <laughs> what, next thing you know, it's time for another poop. That's the I poop not, brain right is, there. Is this you That's trying the poop to? Personality. This is the All second you ever time know that you've poop. interrupted my intro to talk about <laughs> some bullshit. What have you? Okay, let's go into a severance review. You've got just you've straight, got your personality it. It good? that your your personality that all they know is being thirsty. They they wake up <laughs> thirsty and they water. They drink the water and they black out. The next thing they know, Are they I'm different? thirsty. Is it like the character from? Uh, oh my god, what's the? From Doom Patrol that just has multiple personalities. Wait, do you know like, the do you know the pitch for Severance? Yeah, I do. I know the pitch for Severance. Is this okay? It's like you have your. Work, are we just doing you, a review? You of have Severance? your you have your work personality and your like home life personality. Yeah. So one person is all they know is work, and the other person doesn't know anything about work. And that's like okay. you know they mentally block those two. Those, they're effectively two different people. They have two yeah, different two sets different of memories. They, they don't even know. So what I'm suggesting yeah. is. Just keep it going. One, you love to play badminton. All you know is playing badminton. No, because this is what happens. This is exactly uh-huh. what's going to happen. You're going to have your pooping personality uh-huh. and you're going to go blink. And then you blink back and you're in the desert of Mexico. And you're like, what <laughs> happened to pooping me? Like, has he been pooping but the all entire you, time? Yeah, but when you wake up in that personality, all you know is, I got to get to the bathroom now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, what do you go from your like main? Because do you have a main personality, or is this just like, hello, I am Theodore, and I am the (laughs) intellectual personality? Like, are you making completely different personalities? It's the the same disorder. You're you're disconnecting the the the. You're basically creating chunks of memories. So it's the same personality. Twelve hours, twelve hours. It's it's the same personality across them. It's just different. Uh, it's different memories, so it's not like complete. It's not multiple personality disorder like that, really. But it's like I would wake up and I'd still be Theo, but I just wouldn't remember anything else, and I would know why. Please, what I need to find the toilet. Pooping. <laughs> <laughs> what are the implants of like I've needed to poop every single day for my? Yeah, but uh, I need it. Then your other personality can live a lifestyle where they never think about pooping. They never even consider it. But once again, they just blink out. Like they, that, <laughs> yeah, for that then, personality, yeah. they would just show up somewhere. Yes, like but they the would... whole point is like you blink out, but then you you instantly to your consciousness, you blink back in, and it's taken care of. That's why I made the joke of <laughs> if you don't know what happened to the pooping you don't know conscious. What happens, Somebody no. took a bulldozer and they took the entire bathroom while you're still pooping, and so oh you're God. still on the toilet, so you're still a pooper personality. And then they dump you in the desert, and you go you go to back to Main Theo, and you go what? I'm supposed to go to work, and that's you, all you wait, know. Are you is, are you go suggesting work. that at one moment I need to poop, and then the next moment I wake up and I'm being eaten by a T Rex? Is that what you're <laughs> suggesting? <laughs> yes, for your main person, you go. What did this what, fella get what up to? Happened? Yeah. I, I'm getting Jurassic Park to that one man. He might be. Uh, he has. He might have the same personality, but he is a different <laughs> guy. He doesn't live my life. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know me. That's why he's in the fucking cubicle farm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a podcast in which Theo and I present segments. Each week. <laughs> I think you can make it through this one. You feel you know, lucky? dumpster dive our way <laughs> through the internet, and we package up all of those good morsels of funnies into segments. But so we're going to start with a Will stupid thought, which I'm very, I'm kind of sad to say, it also kind of has to do with poop. <laughs> uh, if we're made in God's image, according to the Bible. Uh-huh. Does that mean that God farts and burps and pukes? Yeah, it's all perfect. Listen, Jesus Perfect. Listen, the big the big the big baby J, he died mm-hmm. to forgive our sins. And those sins include being a little pee in your pants a little bit and maybe <laughs> burping a little too wait, hard in church. Wait. And that's I, you know, that's those are all lumped into the into that uh into that into that forgiveness sins? burrito that they call it. Oh. 
if those are synths, then gosh darn it, I didn't get confess those ones. <laughs> those are some. You had some work I'm to do. Sorry, it sounds like. <laughs> I'm sorry, Father, for I have sinned. I have <laughs> ripped ass so bad. Oh no! <laughs> that it reverberated, and that I blamed my grandma. I think oh, no. you would go. I that's think blame it on the grandma sin. thing. I don't yeah, think. I don't know one. if. I don't know if the big J man uh, forgave you on that one. You might have to f- find forgiveness yourself. The big. <laughs> I have to figure. I have to figure my forgive myself through <laughs> therapy and the self That's right i go on psychedelics for like you know how people are talking about like mushrooms and stuff for therapy yeah therapy, it's like you start yeah. doing those and i'm just like oh, pfft, oh wait oh, i gotta relive that i gotta deal with it i've got some unsolved unsolved business here there's like hypnosis involved where they're just like, you would go back to your childhood. And I'm like, Jesus, no. <laughs> no, <please> no. <laughs> like, okay. And our session is over now. Cause <laughs> you're going to have to broken. leave. <laughs> <laughs> this boy is broken and very gassy. <laughs> That's our time it's, for today. <laughs> so are you saying that farts are divine in nature? If it's in God's image, it's got a God's will, you know, are you suggesting that there's a whole subset mm. of actions that are just like, and God was like, well, they're going to do these things, but we won't talk about them. I think <laughs> I think what I presumed was that God was like um, the premium action figure. Uh-huh. And we're the cheap G.I. Joes where we have this, the sanitation <laughs> system because he couldn't kid us out with so like what the you're fully functioning Ken doll <laughs> lack of God. Of God is and, like the, the, the first grader who crafts something out, out of clay. And turns around to mm-hmm. the parent, and the parent goes, nice, uh, what is it? And they have to go, it's a person. It's a person. Yeah. And so God did <laughs> yeah. that. He made people, and he turned around to all of the other divine beings, and he was like, look at it. Look at what I made. And they're like, yeah, but what is it? And he's like, it's, it's us. It's, a, it's this people. is us. It's us, yeah, it's exactly it's it. It's us. Like, and they're like, yeah but, yeah, but they're doing Ooh. a lot of farting and burping. Uh, are you sure it's us? <laughs> they produce a lot of waste. Yeah. You know, that seems, seems like, like really gassy. It's like, I couldn't design around that They can't, because they liked eating too much. Eating was kind of, it, it was a good feedback loop for our players. I mean, our people. Right. And and so, but they, it produced a lot of poop. Like it, it had to go somewhere else. So they just kind of blew up. Like uh-huh. they just kind of ballooned out. And the, and the other people were like, so all this poop, what, what are you going to do with it? And he's like, see how I made the ocean real big? Uh, big brain yeah. <laughs> big brain they're actually gonna just put it into the thames they're just gonna <laughs> it in and hope it turns out good i guess I was like yeah it seems fine it's fine fine by us ocean's a big place sure it, it actually turns into dirt how about that huh. what do you think about that everybody and everyone goes recycling everyone's like nice like clap that very okay. good all right <laughs> either onto something here I do like there's an episode of original Star Trek where they land on a planet and they're they find a being who is like magic and is like godlike and he just looks like Liberace and he's just like, mm-hmm. oh, Captain Kirk, <laughs> I shall trap you here to be my playthings. And then two inter like other god beings are like, oh, sorry about that, dude. Uh, he's <laughs> like our kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, it's our kid. And he's like, no, no. I shall have them as pets. And they're like, we're going to take them home. Uh, you're free to go. Actually, fine, I'm sorry actually. about that. That's literally how it ends. Amazing. <laughs> like, that's great. But anyway, that's just a little super thought for you. And now let's go on to your next segment, which hopefully won't be uh, like holding, being held by a, uh, a space god. I, ho- I hope it's not. I hope it's not like that. Yeah. Uh, for my first segment, this is some some breaking news. Uh, I'm pretty sure we already briefly covered this, and by cover this, I mean I, 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 I we talked about this over the weekend when we hung out. This is mm. entitled from the takeout: How not to get rid of 400 pounds of pasta. <laughs> <laughs> 400 pounds of pasta. Uh, okay, can I start the list of anywhere? That isn't like the trash bin. <laughs> no, you can't come up with reasonable answers. That's it's for like, us to. Because <laughs> I, I, it would be weird if they're like on Jerry's car, acceptable. On <laughs> in a, a little creek, okay, we're gonna accept that. That's in, like in my gas like tank, beavers. probably not. Can't do not, that. No, no good. No good. In my mouth, don't think so. I'm gluten free. <laughs> I'm a gluten free, and also it's uncooked. Yeah. The article starts. <laughs> I Wait, saw the it, oh, what? Ooh, is it uncooked? I didn't even know. Ooh, I thought it was cooked. Here, we'll here's see, how the we'll article. See what the article. 
Yeah. I saw the photos first. Tan, scraggly piles along the banks of the otherwise fertile stream. My mind went to worms, then to gnats. I once wrote an article about fungus gnats, the larvae of which sometimes form circles to travel. Was I looking at something like that? A natural phenomenon that covered the stream in thousands of brown straw-like creatures? Nope. I was looking at pasta. Residents of <laughs> Old Bridge, New Jersey were presented with a mystery this week. Who dumped mounds of pasta in the forest along the stream? The saga began earlier in the week when the resident Nina Jokowitz alerted town officials to the bountiful mess after receiving a complaint from a neighbor. Reportedly, it was loose spaghetti, alphabet noodles, and elbow macaroni. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Quote, A variety. There was literally 25 feet of pasta that had been dumped, she told the New York Times. <laughs> she's measuring She's measuring in feet. In feet Imagine, of pasta. Yeah, 25 feet of pasta. She had to yell, Charles, get the tape measure. <laughs> they measured it all out. Like, that's a lot of pasta. Wowee. Fuck, no. That's, this is a bounty. This is an entire JV <laughs> volleyball team's dinner of pasta. Mayor Owen Henry told NBC's that NBC News that the pasta was woefully plain. Quote, no sauce, <laughs> no gravy, no cheese. It was just piles of macaroni and spaghetti, Henry said. The pasta, it appeared, had been dumped dry, then began to soften up after a heavy rainfall. Ooh, cooking in nature. Yeah, rehydrating in nature. Technically, uh, if it gets enough grass on it, it could be best <laughs> A spokesperson for the pound of Old Bridge told PIX11 that in all, the detritus totaled around 15 wheelbarrows worth of illegally dumped pasta. I'm loving every single angle on the measurements of this pasta. I was about to bring 16. that up. No one in this town knows how to properly quantify this amount of pasta. Like, you yeah, know, like... They're going to get a pretty holistic view where they're just like, it's 400 pounds, but it's also 25 feet, but it's also 16 wheelbarrows. Is that volume? Like, so that's length, volume, Yeah, but how many Italians mass. could it feed? Please, get us the real yeah. measurements. <laughs> give me, give me, yeah, exactly. Unseasoned? Unseasoned, no, pot, no sauce, no gravy, no, no but cheese. But it would probably be very al dente. It is a really weird picture. It's just like piles of spaghetti next to a river. And you're like, why? I think I saw <laughs> this like vaguely on, I didn't look into it though. I was like, this is just weird. The mayor noted that while dumping was indeed illegal, it didn't pose harm to the public. Quote, it was an illegal dumping, but wasn't anything hazardous. I mean, it's pasta, flour, water, and eggs. Told, he just said to NBC News. And there isn't, there is a question mark where he's like, starts to list eggs? ingredients. He where he's like, flour, water. Hey, is that it? Eggs? Maybe? Is that it's it? Hey, I'm gonna be extract. Is it? Ooh, no, 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 not that one. <laughs> just a just a butt ton of turmeric. Is that in there? Is <laughs> sir, that would just be prohibitively costly. <laughs> Do you know how much turmeric? I mean, I didn't mean turmeric. Sorry, uh, uh, that must have been uh, my opponent. My opponent loves turmeric. No, I'm the I'm the mayor. You love Parmesan? Is there Parmesan? <laughs> He's not even saying it right. Kill him. Not even saying it. Get him out of here. The mess <laughs> reportedly took about an hour to clean up and served as a topic of conversation <laughs> for Old Bridge residents. The internet. So this was an inconvenience. But I also wonder, like the mayor noted, like why did we need to clean it up? It was going to biodegrade. Who cares? Yeah, that's true. It's, like, what, they're going to they're going like, to they're going to take it from the riverbank and they're going to pick it up and then bring it to a landfill and put it in a landfill. Yeah, right. Where presumably it's just going to biodegrade as well. I guess it's a matter of like. If it was a nice like riverside, you don't want maybe wildlife getting into it or something. I don't know. That's what when they're like, it's not dangerous. So I'm like, is this some wily coyote shit where somebody put like <laughs> arsenic and they just like it does have seasoning? <laughs> what are you a parrot from the nineties? <laughs> yeah. They poison the candy bars. <laughs> and I'll put a razor in the apples that I give the children, and of course they'll eat the apple. Ma'am, do you know how I expensive drugs are? I'm not going around injecting, getting a bunch of dumb shits, little kids high. <laughs> oh, these kids are just like, hey, you got any more of that butterfingers? <laughs> oh, ooh. Uh, let's see. Who dumped the pasta? Had the garden stage gone Olive Garden on itself? Did someone accidentally <laughs> order too much online? It was Big Anthony from. 
I don't know this reference. I'm going to just skip it. The mystery, it seems, this may have been solved by neighbors who now allege that the pasta was dumped by a man who was cleaning out his mother's home after her death and apparently came across an old stockpile. Quote, I mean, I feel, I really feel like he was trying to clear out his parents' house and they were probably stocked up from COVID. Neighbor Keith Ross told NBC4 New York. This is great. Uh, care to speculate wildly on TV? You know, just make up whatever you want. <laughs> We need content. Just this give a backstory. This is really fucking us up. Yeah, really get me in the mindset of this guy who dumped uh, 25 feet of pasta. Mm. Uh, quote, my grandparents always had a cupboard, cupboard full, full of cans and pasta just to be safe. An alarm is going by. Mm-hmm. Uh, for what it's worth, if you find yourself cleaning out someone's war pantry and find a lifetime supply of pasta, it's apparently best not to hide it in the forest. But if you're gonna if you're gonna go dump it, at least leave some sauce behind for those who discover it. I just wonder, like, this guy found a whole stockpile and couldn't be dr- bothered to like drive down to the nearest soup kitchen. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of pasta. It's yeah, a lot of wa- wasted food. That could. It's a lot of a lot, a of, lot of wasted lot of food. Pasta. What are you What are I you mean, doing? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Some people dumping the pasta. What are they doing? What are they, and they didn't even fucking put tomato sauce. <laughs> well, would it have been better if it was covered in tomato sauce in the middle of the forest? Would it have been better? Are we I'm serious? About this. I would presume it was a TikTok bit then mm. that some kids did and that it wasn't um, like they, they just were like, all right, I'm bored. And they just <laughs> walked away. Like I feel like they just wouldn't clean it up. I feel like we could reach a level of mass hysteria pretty quickly. Like, what are they trying to do to the water supply? What are they doing? They're dumping all these chemicals, like, really quickly. What's going to happen if you get meat <laughs> in the water supply? Oh, God. That's it. That's all I got well, for you. Theo, that's it? Well, looks like it's it's time for a little Wikipedia story. And now... I have an article for you from, this is not an actual Wikipedia historian. This is from Smithsonian Magazine, though. So I feel like it's a better oh, good, source. Because yeah. Smithsonian. Uh, and this is an article by Franz Litz from January 2013. The little known legend of Jesus in Japan. Jesus in Japan? Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> On the flat top of a steep hill in a distant corner of northern Japan lies the tomb of an this is a weird itinerant shepherd who two millennia ago settled down there to grow garlic, mm. which I feel like is, <laughs> I feel like garlic is very <laughs> like, I understand growing like corn or wheat or something like that, but growing garlic does not feel very self can't produce for yourself. Like if you're only making garlic. Yeah. You're reliant on other trade to help you get by. You're not really self-sufficient at that point. Maybe people love garlic at like, they just, absolutely adore it and are willing to trade anything but <laughs> anyway he fell in love with a farmer's daughter named mayuki mayuko fathered three kids and died at the ripe old age of 106 holy moly and the mountain hamlet of shingo he's remembered by the name daitenku taro hiro Hirai. I sorry, I, this is going to be full of bad pronunciations because i'm from boston because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm from boston it's one of those things where <laughs> I'm from Boston, and also it's hard to read these sometimes because, like, different places have different, like, enunciations for stuff. So I could be saying all this wrong. The rest of the world know him as Jesus Christ. What? It turns out that Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, worker of miracles, and the spiritual (laughs) Uh figurehead of one of the world's foremost Uh religions, did not die on the cross of Calvary, as widely reported. (laughs) <laughs> according to amusing local fol- folklore that was his kid brother isakuri which is a japanese name i don't know why they would have <laughs> his brother yeah, in, the middle, in fucking jerusalem what happened son and his name was jesus and then they had we have jesus uh, isakuri and you know <laughs> who's jesus there really got all the shine but isakuri just as important had that garlic miracles going you know yeah uh, so he was replaced by Isakiri, whose severed ear was interred in an adjacent burial mound in Japan. 
So they're implying that he took his brother's ear with him to Japan. Like, <laughs> hey, sorry for that. <laughs> like he could whisper it like it's <laughs> fucking respiratory drugs. So he can like he confess his uh, sins. He's like, hey, I know that I, I really just shouldn't have. I shouldn't have hit that kid. Hey, but, you know, I was really mad. So <laughs> I'm forgiven now. Thanks for taking the... Thanks for taking the L <laughs> for me on the cross. That was that was a real nice. I can't believe it. <laughs> a bucolic backwater with only one Christian resident. Wow. So he failed what in his a, job. What a description. <laughs> a bucolic backwater? Rough. That's my town you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, with only one <laughs> Christian settlement. Um, and no church within 30 miles. Shingo nevertheless bills itself as Kirisoto no Soto, uh, Christ's hometown. Uh, every year, uh, 20,000 or so uh, pilgrims and pagans visit the site, which is maintained by a nearby by a nearby fro- yogurt factory, huh. which I don't know if that means it's located near a yogurt factory or the yogurt factory maintains it. I don't know, but either way. But, you know, a lot of yogurt. Some visitors... That's good, good, not a great, partnership, <laughs> not a great partnership for that garlic crop you're growing. I would say not a lot of, I guess, unless <laughs> this specific place in, in Japan is producing a lot of tzatziki, I'm really not sure what the crossover is. Welcome, everybody. We have now filled in the grave with yogurt. <laughs> and just like the Christ himself, it is rotten. <laughs> it, is, it is going bad. Uh, some visitors shell out the 100 yen entrance fee at the Legend of Christ Museum, a trove of religious relics that sells everything from Jesus coasters. I mean, they're really putting mugs. it on the tin there. It's the Legend of Christ. Oh, or it's like we don't know. Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> coming to Japan. This is this is Mothman yeah. levels of like you let you allow it. There's because like a it's blurry fun. photo, and they're like, "That's Jesus." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it was him back in the day. Uh, some participate in springtime Christ festival. A mashup of multi-dimensional, uh, multi-denominational rites, not multi-dimensional. Multi-multi-denominational um, rites in which kimono-clad women dance around the twin graves and chant a three-line litany in an unknown language, which feels fucking huh. weird as shit to have an unknown. You're just like I, that's just speaking in tongues, right? Like you're just saying yeah, but bullshit. If, but when they say three women chanting, it implies that they're saying the same words. So they can't be just making it up on the yeah. spot. It has to be rehearsed. They have to know what they're talking about. They all just decided on the words where they just go, hiya, boo, yeah. Like they, <laughs> like they could just do I whatever. And, and, nobody, and people are like, I get, cool, is this Christ? Is this what Christ likes? <laughs> Has like, anyone asked them <laughs> what, what language do? it is or what it means? I mean, maybe they just haven't been asked. There's... There's no churches around. They don't have anyone to oh, ask. Well, like, is this what Christians do? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the ceremony designed to console the spirit of, oh. of Jesus. <laughs> Which, oh, no, we didn't do the, the special ritual. Oh, no. Jesus oh, is no. rising from the dead. Uh, so it's been staged by the local tourism bureau since 1964 so it's huh. been a long like a while 60 50, years yeah. 50 plus years 60 years uh the japanese are mostly buddhist or shintoist and in a nation of uh 127.8 million about one percent identifies themselves as christian the country harbors a large floating population of folk uh, religionists enchanted by the mysterious, the uncanny, and the counterintuitive, <laughs> which is just saying they have a lot of The counterintuitive. Weirdos. I love that describing. Like, tell me about your religion. Well, it's really counterintuitive. You see, like, uh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enchanted by the mysterious, the uncanny, and the counterintuitive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know how this like, how this uh yogurt ice cream this this garlic ice cream i make seems to taste really bad well counterintuitively <laughs> it's actually delicious seems pretty counterintuitive right. to have a gross yeah. flavor <laughs> for yogurt something right? that already kind of <laughs> is dairy <laughs> i love if you, like you do an impression in one of, in front of one of them they're just like that's uncanny. <laughs> praise <laughs> me, praise me. It really is <laughs> Owen Wilson. <laughs> uncanny. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great quote. Quote: They find spiritual fulfillment in being eclectic. 
Which is just, they are just love being like religious <laughs> trolls. I don't know what, the, like they're doing their own things, I guess. It says Richard Fox Young, a professor of religious histo- history at the Princeton Theological Seminar and also possible <laughs> Batman <laughs> like vigilante. Yeah, you know, I play, I play the harpsichord because I'm a little eclectic, you know, it's a little wild. <laughs> <laughs> but you are slowly turning into Jeff Goldblum. Because right? he is the ultimate eclectic, eclectic man, person. Yes. Uh, quote, that is, you can have it all. A feeling of closeness to Jesus and Buddha and many, many other divine figures without any of the obligations without that come from a more Without any of the strings attached. It's a no strings attached kind of relationship. Yeah. <laughs> my, my religion thing is... Uh, just mixed or, or not mixed uh, <laughs> currently not decided mm-hmm. i'm just it's in flux right now i'm just kind of picking i'm not choosing. exclusive with any one religion at this point it's yeah. complicated listen it's just complicated uh in shingo the greatest story ever told is retold like this jesus first came to japan at the age of 21 to study huh. theology how do you get there as you do jesus <laughs> i love this these people are just like jesus came to us to learn everything uh, he knows. Right, right, right. Pretty good. Uh, this was during his so-called, quote, lost years. <laughs> a 12-year gap unaccounted for in the oh. New Testament. <laughs> oh, so it's it's kind I of like, like <laughs> after order, ex- uh, or execute order 66, and kind of before, yeah, there's a big yeah, gap before the, the yeah, there's a big gap there, you know. <laughs> it's like when the, <laughs> when the Beatles kind of like break up or whatever, like they go in their separate directions. Like, I was doing my own mm-hmm. thing. Actually, I decided that I was going to, you know, ha- have a year abroad in Japan, a place I probably wouldn't even know about. But anyway, uh, he landed on the West Coast port of, oh, I, Amana Hashadate, a spate of land that juts across Mayazu. Mayazu Bay and become became a disciple of a great master near Mount Fuji, learning the Japanese language and Eastern huh. culture. I love <laughs> I this, love this. version this of Jesus. Very good. A little we weed side of Jesus. We're very into this. <laughs> anime is <laughs> superior to Jerusalem animation. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Jerusalem animation is kind of terrible right now. It's kind of looking for someone new. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, where it's a lot of just kind of like there's the big wall and everybody keeps on like adding to it, which is pretty cool collective. But you know what? I was kind of looking for Naruto, <laughs> so that's pretty. Mm. I was kind of thinking that uh, uh, after so. I die, I was going to develop some sort of ritual where you 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 eat one piece of my bread, which is like you you get that sort of a, sort of a tie in. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I wonder if. Because the entire point of uh, Christianity is like Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Mm-hmm. Can we just at this point should the, shouldn't there just be an entire segment of people who are like actually it's his brother, so we should be praising uh, Miyazaki or whatever his name was. You <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> default to Miyazaki. <laughs> Miyazaki. I can't believe you. No, it was oh god, I don't remember. I'm not any better. No, I'm whatever. Well, oh no, it was. Uh, it's Isikuri. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, Isikuri. Um, do, do, do. So he did that. At 33, he returned to Judea by way of Morocco, which is kind of a roundabout like way. Seems you overshot it. You know. Sort of <laughs> like, oh, I went too far. I'll yeah, turn he around. went to the north of right. Africa. <laughs> and then he went, uh-oh, let's go back to the Middle East. Uh, so he... He returned by Macro. He talked up what a museum brochure calls the sacred land he had just visited. Having run afoul of the Roman authorities, Jesus was arrested and condemned to crucifixion for heresy. But he cheated the executioners oh. by trading places with the unsung, if not unremembered, Isakiri uh, <laughs> to minute. escape persecution. Yeah, so he did a little. He did the prestige. <laughs> Wait, so he let his, his, his let his brother die for prestige. his sins? Is that what they're saying? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so he did the most unhonorable thing. They made Jesus like an absolute dipshit, <laughs> where he's just like, "Oh, he could think, oh, you're gonna kill me." Ooh, ooh, I was thinking about going back hey, to Japan but, uh, and watching Monaro. Uh, I got a few loose ends I gotta tie up over in the east. Uh, yeah, can you just like pretend you're me for like two or three days? <laughs> <laughs> 
Just like two or three days. <laughs> what if they like they were like swapped at birth and he's like the brother is just an anime protagonist. He's like, ha, okay, brother, I'll do this. <laughs> and then he's like on the cross and he's like, brother, are you gonna help me? Like <laughs> he's just running away <laughs> oh, like with a backpack. Like <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> sorry, Isakuri. Uh so so he traded places with Ersakuri. To escape persecution, Jesus fled back to the promised land of Japan with two keepsakes. Oh, the promised land of Japan. Okay. <laughs> yeah. One is a sibling's ear uh, and a lock of the Virgin Mary's hair. Huh. That's pretty. Hey, hun, hey, hey mom, can you get one of those locks for me, please? Uh, he trekked across the frozen wilderness of Siberia to Alaska. A journey of four years, 6,000 miles, and innumerable privations. This alternative second coming <laughs> Wait ended a minute. after he sailed the Hachino and ox cart ride from Shingo. Hold on so a this, Yeah, this is another d- d- dipshit geography where they they keep overshooting. He keep, he doesn't have a good sense of <laughs> he keeps boomeranging around because he went through Siberia to to Alaska somehow. And then he he's like, oh, shit, I over I was supposed to go to Japan. There's too many bears here. What am I doing? And so he went back on a boat, presumably, to this other place. So you're telling me that Japan, the promised land, he couldn't even remember yeah. how to get there. Jesus, the figure who you worship, no <laughs> has the worst sense of direction known to, known to humankind. This is fan fiction Jesus. He has gone off the <laughs> fucking reservation. Oh, okay. Sorry, I forgot. This is fan fiction he, Jesus. He, a whole different he Jesus. He sacrificed his brother. <laughs> he did the most <laughs> cruel thing you could possibly do. Uh, so God's just like, I'm done with you. You you know what? I'm going to give you a bad internal compass. That'll make you think twice. <laughs> Listen, your quarterly review is coming up, and it's not looking good, it's all right? <laughs> you're going to only get a 2.5 this time out of out 5. Out of 10? Oh. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Upon reaching the village, Jesus retired to a life in exile, adopted a new identity, and raised a family. This is stories I hear about, like, Billy the Kid. I don't expect <laughs> to hear stories about this from Jesus yeah, fucking Christ. Yeah, and then he Christ. fled to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's there's probably a Mexican Jesus. Like, there's probably... Right. I mean, that's... Uh, not to dunk on Mormons too much, but that is the Mormon faith, uh-huh. is that Jesus came to America. Fucking, <laughs> like they came here. And, for, he came here first. Which is arguably more ridiculous than him <laughs> going to Japan. It's across an ocean, so probably, yes, more ridiculous. Yeah, although he did go to Alaska, so technically he goes to Land maybe Bridge. He still works with Land Mormon. Bridge. <laughs> uh, you think he's crossing? He's, he's crossing the Land Bridge and looking around and going, "I don't wait a minute. I don't remember this. I, this I doesn't seem familiar." People. I kept on following people, and I didn't expect <laughs> to get all the way here. Uh, that's also that's quite, that's walking over an ocean. That's so long. Um, so he is said to have lived out his natural life ministering to the needy. Oh, isn't that nice? Couldn't he minister his brother. brother. His younger brother. No, he sacrificed him, took his ear. Classic even. older brother behavior here. I took it as a trophy, <laughs> but I'll be good now. Some, don't you just want to go ape shit sometimes? <laughs> Jesus just had to go ape shit. Oh, okay. So he sported a, a balding gray pate, a coat of many folds, and a distinctive nose, which <laughs> the museum brochure observes... Earned him a reputation as a, and this is a, a racist remark, uh, a long-nosed goblin. Huh. So not great. Hey, did you expect? Did you expect anti-Jewish <laughs> rhetoric to be <laughs> from, inserted from in this down, Smithsonian from downtown? <laughs> frankly, yeah, from the, out of left field. They're just like you know, because Jesus is Jewish, and that is also a very yeah, racist. Not like, great. That's usually a depiction of Jewish people. Not great. This, yeah, like, the fact that not great. That also that his reputation was that he was <laughs> giving to the poor, and they're just like devil, like goblin man, <laughs> like what the fuck. Uh, so so when Jesus died, his body was left exposed on a hilltop for four years. In keeping with the customs of the time, his bones were then bundled and buried in a grave, the same mound of earth as uh, that is now topped by a timber cross and surrounded by a picket fence. Though the Japanese Jesus performed no miracles, one would be forgiven for wondering whether he even turned water into sake. 
Wow. Which is a fun one. Just had to, uh, had to end like that, huh? They had, they didn't even end this way. Uh, <laughs> this all sounds more like Life of Brian than Life of Jesus. Still, the case for Shingo Savior is argued vigorously in the museum and in uh, live and by folklore. In ancient times, it's believed villagers maintained traditions alien to the rest of Japan. Men wore clothes that resembled the toga-like robes of the biblical Palestine. Women wore veils, and babies were towed around in woven baskets like those in the Holy Land. This is, feels like huh. you know, in Argentina when there's just like little Bavaria, like <laughs> it's that kind of vibe where it's just like, I'm sorry, why is everyone fucking like, why is it like Jerusalem here? Also, didn't y'all just say you considered him a goblin? What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> why are you dressing like him? Why is the local goblin being like he's a fashion icon though? <laughs> Uh, not only were the newborn swaddled in clothes embroidered with a design that resembled the Star of David, but as a talisman, their foreheads were marked with the charcoal crosses, which is like telephone religion. Like they don't mm. understand what the thing is about, I guess. And they right. just are like, they don't like, they're not doing it for Ash Wednesday. Uh, the museum contends that the local dialect contains words like Abba and Gaga, mother and Aya and Dada father that are closer to hebrew than japanese and that the old village name hiramira uh can be traced to the early middle east diaspora diaspora uh, religious scholar arimasa kubo a retired tokyo pastor thinks shingo may have been settled by quote descendants of the 10 lost tri- lost tribes of israel is that where they got lost to huh. they got <laughs> all the way to fucking japan uh, as in to fuel this unlikely explanation, in 2004, Israeli ambassador Eli Cohen visited the tombs and dedicated a plaque in Hebrew to honor the ties between Shingo and the city of Jerusalem. Which is, <laughs> do you think he's in on the joke where this, he's he's in like, on it? this is very fun? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not convinced. This uh, yeah, right. Does he think this is really canon? No, I think, I mean, I don't think he has a stake in the game because I think the uh like president of the israeli ambassador is probably jewish so he probably doesn't mm-hmm. give a shit about what right. happened to jesus <laughs> uh embassy spokesperson gil haskell explained that while hebrew tribes could have migrated to japan the marker was merely quote a symbol of friendship rather than an endorsement of the jesus claims <laughs> okay i love that that's covering their asses Another theory raises the possibility that the tombs hold the bodies of 16th century missionaries. Christian evangelicals first came to Japan in 1549, but bitter infighting for influence in Japanese converts led to a nationwide ban on the religion in 1614. Believers went underground, and these hidden Christians, as they were called, encountered uh, ferocious persecution. To root them out, officials administered loyalty tests in which priests and other practitioners were required to trample a cross or an image of the Madonna and the baby Jesus. Those who refused to denounce their beliefs were crucified, beheaded, burned at the stake, tortured to death, or hanged upside down over cesspools to intensify their suffering. Oh my god. Over cesspools. Fill up the cesspool. We're gonna shit in the cesspool. (laughs) Roll (laughs) out the cesspool, boys. We got another one. It's just like a little <laughs> a little floaty like pool, just like one that you would have in your lawn. <laughs> in You're your just yard, like yeah. pushing it out and it keeps slashing slashing it. Fill it up with cess. This is but it's so crazy whenever people are like, Oh, you guys believe uh in this other guy that he's kill him. Just behead him. Let's get rid of him. Like just get put him over him. the cesspool. For more than two hundred years, until an isolated Japan opened its doors to the West in eighteen sixty eight. Christianity survived in scattered communities, which perhaps explains why Shingo's so-called Christian traditions are not practiced in the rest of the region. The key to Shingo's Christ cult lies in a scroll purported to be Christ's last will and testament, dictated as he was dying in the village. A team of what a museum pamphlet calls archaeologists from an international society for the research of ancient literature discovered the script in in 1936. Which I'm gonna say, 1936 is still in the bullshit years where they can bullshit this. But <laughs> We're we'll gonna see. make anything up. History is fake and nothing matters. 
yeah, it's kind of uh, 1936 <laughs> anthropology and archaeology is kind of uh, it's it's OK. But that manuscript, along with others allegedly unearthed by a Shinto priest around the same time, fleshed out Christ's further adventures between Judea and Japan <laughs> and pinpoint Shingo as his final resting place. Uh, in, in parentheses, as luck would have it, the graves of Adam and Eve were just 15 miles west of town. Oh, wouldn't you know? What a convenient, a convenient spot. Curiously, these documents were destroyed during World War II, the museum says, oh, allowing it to house only modern transcriptions. Signed, Jesus Christ, Father of Christmas. <laughs> Father of Christmas? Is that, is yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Christmas came out so, so much longer <laughs> after Christ. Like he was <laughs> oh, my God. To, do we have to say on our podcast that Santa is not Jesus for like anyone who's not Christian? <laughs> Santa is not Jesus. <laughs> Santa's not Jesus. I'm sorry to tell you this. Ugh. But even more curiously, Jesus lived during Japan's uh, Yoyai period, a time of rudimentary civilization with no written language. The original scrolls were brought to uh, Shingo by an Eastern Magi that included the Shinto priest, a historian and charismatic Christian missionary who preached that the Japanese emperor was the Jewish messiah. They were joined uh, by Shingo mayor Denjuri Sasaki, a publicity hound eager to make the town a tourist destination. (laughs) Sasaki led them through a valley of rice fields and up a slope to a bamboo thicket that concealed the burial mounds. For generations, the land had been owned by the garlic farming uh, Sawa... Sawuchis, Sawaguchis. Sorry, that took way too long. It's all good. Um, one of the clan, uh, a youth named Sanjiro, was renowned for his blue eyes, something seldom seen in Japan, and as a nationalist historian uh, Banzan Toya insists, proof that the Sawaguchis were progeny of Jesus and Mayuko, who, to compli- complicate matters even more, is variously known as Yamuki. Miuo and Mariko. Among the Magi's other extravagant, extravagant finds were seven ancient pyramids, all of which were said to predate the ones built by Egyptians. Oh my God, people! And the Mayans by ten. We're just going <laughs> full tilt conspiracy. Yeah, um, the heap of rocks generally dubbed the Big Stone God Pyramid is just down the road from the Christ Tomb. Miraculously, the historians and the priests stumble upon the rubble a, a day after they stumble upon the graves. A sign beside the Shinto sanctuary explains that the pyramid collapsed during a 19th century earthquake. AKA, they already established that this mayor wanted publicity and was a publicity oh. hound, and he just threw some fucking rocks. <laughs> like, and he was just like, these are ruins, I guess. Like, I'm going to do a rock to... slide so good history will remember it forever. Yeah. Shinto is a religion of nature, and during the imperialist fervor that gripped Japan during World War II, its message of Japanese uniqueness was exploited to bolster national identity. Quote, religious organizations could only operate freely if they had government recognition, said Richard Fox Young. Out of this constraint came state Shinto, the use of the faith with, uh, with its shines and deity for propaganda, emperor worship, and the celebration of patriotism. So this is just explaining why they basically got rid of mm-hmm. this like but i will i will move on so they they also talk about uh how basically like they they wanted everything to be for the emperor like uh, hebrew and stuff like different uh emblems so such divine condescension implies that shingo's christ cult has very little to do with christianity quote on the contrary says young it's more about japanese folk religion and its sponginess its capacity for soaking up any and all influences, usually without coherence, even internally. So uh, this that sponginess is never more evident than during Yuletide, a season that, stripped of Christian significance, has taken on a meaning all its own. It's said that a Japanese department store once innocently displayed Santa Claus nailed to a crucifix. Oh my god. So once again, we have <laughs> Father to state, of Christmas. Jesus is not Santa. He's not... <laughs> Uh, apocryphal or not, the story has cultural resonance. Shingo was modestly festive with frosted pine trees and sparkling lights, glittering streamers and green and red wreaths, candles and crochets. 
In Japan, Christmas Eve is kind of a date night in which many young people ignore the chaste example of Mary and instead lose their virginity. Oh my God, what? Completely going off <laughs> the fucking reservation. Quote, it's the most romantic holiday in Japan, surpassing Valentine's Day, said Chris Carlson, an Oregon native who teaches English in town. <laughs> Quote, on Christmas Day, everyone goes back to work and all the ornaments are taken down. Everyone goes back to work and is like, hey, great holiday we have here. We we really struck it home with this one. We, we, we love what we've done with the place here. <laughs> The, the, I'm going to, we're quickly approaching the end, but I'm going to say that, so they have the eldest member of Shingo's family regarded Christ's descendants, which is uh, Junichiro Sa- Sawaguchi. Um, and he says, I'm a Buddhist. That's all he That's says? His quote. That's his quote. <laughs> Ask if he believes in the Jesus in Japan yarn. Sawaguchi shakes his head and says, coyly, I don't know. Oh, my God. Stop it. <laughs> then again, notes Carlson, the Japanese tend to be quite tactful when airing their opinions, particularly on contentious topics. Quote, the Christ tomb has given Shingo a sense of identity, he says. If a central figure like Mrs. Mr. Sag- Sawaguchi were to dismiss the story, he might feel disloyal to the town. But does Sawaguchi think it's possible that Jesus was a folk? Momentarily silent. He shrugs and spread his palms outward, as if to say, don't take everything you hear as gospel. Don't but take everything anyway. so seriously. Just relax. Come on, it's just fun. It it's doesn't fun, make any good. fucking it's sense, good. dude. <laughs> it really doesn't make any, <laughs> doesn't make any sense, dude. <laughs> but this is its one of those things that like, I just immediately saw Jesus in Japan, and I'm like, yes, please. please. And then reading through it, I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is wild. But uh, anyway, let's go on to your next whole segment. Oh my gosh, a very holy intro. Mm-hmm. This one is an, is a it's, it's I guess it's a Wikipedia historian, but again, not from Wikipedia. More reputable source, the BBC, and Ooh. this one is entitled "The Crazy Plan to Explode a Nuclear Bomb on the Moon." Whoa! <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Get that moon has been asking for it. The subtitle, in the 1950s, with the USSR seemingly sprinting ahead within the space race, U.S. scientists hatched a bizarre plan, nuking the surface of the moon to frighten the Soviets. Hey, (laughs) that is off the cuff. We're just going straight for the the jugular. It's like, hey, what can we do to scare? Hey, only the Soviets, not Americans at all. We were not not that far out of the Wild West. At that point, no. and isn't that the equivalent of shooting next to somebody's foot? This is this going, is dance. this is the epitome of everything looks like a nail, you know? Yeah, just everything nuke looks like a nail. Like, like <laughs> what's I mean? What's just nuke? You could just nuke the water. Is it just so that they could see it? Like, why not just be like, hey, USSR? We're gonna find out. Like We're we, gonna find out. We nuked <laughs> Hiroshima, and Nagasaki, and it was a pretty good message. The moment. Astronaut Neil Armstrong stepped out of the moon's surface in 1969 is one of the most memorable moments in history. But what if the moon Armstrong stepped onto was the sc- was scarred by huge craters and poisoned from the effects of nuclear bombardment? At first Ooh. reading, the title of the research paper, A Study of Lunar Research Flights, Volume 1, sounds blandly bureaucratic and peaceful. The kind of paper easy to ignore. And that was probably the point. Glance over the Glance at the cover, however, and things look a little different. Emblazoned on the center is a shield depicting an atom, a nuclear bomb, and a mushroom cloud, the emblem of the Air Force Special Weapons Center at Kirkland Air Force Base, New Mexico, which played the key role in developing the testing of nuclear weapons. They God, that, that they, is their emblem being a mushroom cloud is pretty grim. <laughs> that is that is the equivalent of the SS having skulls on their fucking yeah. <laughs> hats and stuff. Like that yeah. is where it's just like it's a are we the baddies? Are we the baddies? It's like there's are literally we, are we publicly funded. Ugh. Uh, down at the bottom is the author's name, L. Raphael or Leonard Raphael, one of America's leading nuclear physicists. He worked with Enrico Fermi, the creator of the world's first nuclear reactor, who is also known as the architect of the nuclear bomb. Project A-119 is, as it is known, was a top secret proposal to detonate a hydrogen bomb on the moon. So not even like a hydrogen bomb, the big, the big boy, 
the big big boy hydrogen bombs were vastly more destructive than the atomic bomb dropped on hiroshima in 1945 and the latest in nuclear weapon design at the time asked to fast track the project by senior officers in the air force rifle rifle uh produced many reports between may 1958 and january 1959 on the feasibility of the plan Incredibly, one science one scientist enabling this horrific scheme was the future visionary Carl Sagan. In fact, the existence oh, of the project okay. only was discovered in the 1990s because Sagan had mentioned it in an application to an elite university. While it may have helped to answer some rudimentary scientific questions about the moon, Project A-119's primary purpose uh, was a show of force. The bomb would explode on the yeah. appropriately named Terminator line, the border between <laughs> the li- the light and dark side of the r- of the moon, which I didn't know it was called that, but that's epic as hell. This is the Terminator line. Yeah, fuck yeah, the Terminator line. We're <laughs> going to terminate the Terminator. <laughs> to create a bright flash of light that anyone, but particularly anyone in the Kremlin, could see with the naked eye. The absence of an atmosphere meant there wouldn't be a mushroom cloud. Just kind of an interesting tidbit yeah so it'd just yeah. be a big flash and that would be it they're just expecting gorbachev or khrushchev <laughs> or whoever the fuck was it just be like what is a good thing i'm staring at moon <laughs> what beautiful moon day oh, oh yes of course i Amer- do my my nightly moon gaze to help me calm down from a cold war frenzy i mean and you know what the- tonight's especially beautiful huh did, did the moon fart at me? Did the moon? Hey, what's oh. going on? Is it flirting oh. with me? Do I have to oh. light one? In, do I have to nuke myself in response? It has, <laughs> did the moon have birth to other moon? What happened? <laughs> there is only one convincing explanation for the proposing such a horrendous plan, and the motivation for it lies somewhere between insecurity and desperation. In the 1950s, it didn't. <laughs> in the yeah. 1950s, it didn't look like America was winning the Cold War. Political and popular opinion in the United States held that the Soviet Union was ahead in at the growth of its nuclear arsenal, particularly in the development and number of nuclear bombers and nuclear missiles. In 1952, the U.S. had exploded the first hydrogen bomb. Three years later, the scientists, the Soviets, shocked Washington by exploding their own. In 1957, they went one better, stealing the lead in the space race with the launch of Sputnik 1, the first artificial satellite in the orbit around the world. It didn't help that American nerves, it didn't help American nerves that Sputnik was launched on top of a Soviet intercontinental ballistic missile, albeit a modified one, nor that the US's own attempt to launch an artificial moon ended in a huge fiery explosion. And there was some pretty uh I looked into there was a link there, and there was some pretty like uh, like little nasty, uh, like the news at the time was was calling it Flopnik and Kaputnik, which is pretty brutal. <laughs> like pretty, pretty, pretty rude for the scientists who would try to watch. Like, hey, this is a point of natural pride. Can you not just roast us? Can you leave yeah, us alone we, for a second? Our, we are literally on do, the like cutting edge. Right do you know now. how hard Can it you, is? Like, fucking <laughs> We're putting a man in space. Come on. <laughs> the inferno that consumed their Vanguard rocket was captured on film and showed around the world. Uh, a British newsreel at the time was brutal. The Vanguard fails. A big setback indeed in the realm of prestige and propaganda. Uh, <laughs> when asked for comment, everybody blew raspberries and said, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Uh, later the same year, U.S. newspapers citing a senior intelligence source reported that Soviets to H- reported that Soviets to H-bomb moon on revolution anniversary November 7th. So that apparently the Soviets were planning the same bullshit. Uh, and then followed up with reports oh that the Soviets might already be planning to launch a nuclear-armed rocket at our nearest neighbor. Uh, like the other Cold War rumors, its origins are hard to fathom. Strangely, it's scarce. Uh, this scarce also likely motivation the Soviets to de- develop their own plans. So, like, it was like the snake eating its own tail. It was like the news was reporting, it, and then the Soviets were like, "You know what? Maybe that's not a bad idea. Like, maybe we should <laughs> nuke the moon." Okay. All right, is this anything? I I wonder if they just, what if they accidentally launch theirs at the same time that America launches theirs? (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. We just blow up the world. (laughs) That would just be perfect. Codenamed E4, their plan was a carbon copy of the Americans and eventually dismissed by the Soviets for similar reasons. Reasons The fear that the failed... Being stupid as shit. The fear that the failed launch could result the bomb dropping on Soviet soil. Yeah, like, no shit. Like, if you launch yeah, a bomb... <laughs> it's like firing the, the, a gun into the air and being like, hope nothing bad happens. 
the risk is so much worse than the reward. Like the reward <laughs> is not that much. <laughs> the reward like, they is already real. know we have nukes. Like they already spying every right. on everything. Like this is the bullshit that got us MK Ultra. Because this <laughs> like literally because the CIA was like the USSR has mind control technology, so we gotta do mind control technology. And then the USSR is like, "What? <laughs> what are you talking about?" <laughs> and they're like, "So we're the only ones, huh?" But now they're doing it too. But it's equally stupid. Like they're just both idiots. They're both idiots. We're all idiots. They may have simply realized that landing on the moon was the bigger prize. But Project A One Nineteen would have would have worked. In two thousand, Rifle had his say. He confirmed that it was technically feasible and that the explosion would have been visible on Earth. The loss of the pristine lunar environment was less worthy. Was less of a worry to the U.S. Air Force, despite the scientists' concerns. Which is like the first thing is like, you know. I, I imagine someone in a boardroom being like, you know, all I'm saying is national security. There could be aliens. We might as well strike first. All right. We don't know. <laughs> it's basically. Yeah. You know what? What's on the dark side of the moon? A nuke. That's <laughs> a nuke. Gonna be there. I, I saw Transformers. There's a Transformer on the other dark side of the moon. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and that's a documentary. And that's a documentary that doesn't come out for another 65 years. But I have seen it. I've seen it, and it's going to be based off of a toys thing <laughs> from less time in the future. You imagine have like a senior military official having a premonition, and it's like Shia LaBeouf's Transformers, and they're like, "Oh, <gasps> the future!" Oh, that would be that's actually interesting. Having a premonition of a movie, and then it's just like, <laughs> it's like a Terminator like, or whatever, and he's just like, "Okay, robots are bad, and they're going to be like in really the eighties, I think." Yeah, <laughs> so we should, yeah, like start killing robots now. Uh, let's see what it says. Um, Project A-119 was one of several ideas that were floated for the exciting response to Sputnik, says Aller Wellerstein, a historian of science and nuclear technology. That included shooting down Sputnik, which feels very spiteful. They refer to them as stunts designed to impress people. Now, what they did in the end was put up their own satellite, and it took a little while, but they continued this project somewhat seriously, at least into the late 1950s. It was a pretty interesting window in a sort of, uh, American into the sort of American mindset at the time. This push was to compete in the way in a way that creates something very impressive. I think in this case, impressive and horrifying are a bit too close to each other. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yeah. Oh, he continues, Project A119 reminds me of the segment in The Simpsons where Lisa sees Nelson's Nuke the Whales poster <laughs> on the wall, says Bedin Bowen, uh, Bledin Bowen, an expert in, in an international relations and outer space. <laughs> And he says, Simpsons well, you've really got to nuke something. Jesus Christ. you got to nuke something. you got to, listen, we got to do something about it. <laughs> and Mars is too far. <laughs> we got to have it to be the moon. Oh. Uh, could these plans surface again, despite some international consensus? I've heard some noises coming out of some places in the Pentagon about looking at the U.S. Space Force missions for the lunar environment, Bowen says. If some of the more outlandish ideas don't find root in the U.S., that doesn't mean they couldn't find favor in further afield, such as in China. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a community in China now wanting to push some of these ideas because they think the moon is cool and they work in the military, <laughs> Bowdoin adds. Most of the details this of Project... Is, no. <laughs> that seems just like, hey, you never know, China. China's crazy. This uh, is the reasoning my mother does for any gift she gives me, where he's just, she's just like, he likes Star Trek, so he, of course, would like these uncomfortable mittens that look like Picard's head. Like, it's like, no, no mom, like, it doesn't no. mean I like this. It's like, like your if mom... they like, is reason because they like space and they like military, so they're going to nuke the moon? What? He loves is this an analyst? He <laughs> loves Star Wars, so he'd love it if we shot a laser straight through the moon. If it fell down to Earth, it would be great. Everyone says that the president of <laughs> or whatever of China looks like Winnie the Pooh. Uh -huh. Now, maybe he thinks that the moon is full of honey. Oh, that's something. About that. <laughs> now, my main theory is, uh, you see, it's sort of a honeycomb. <laughs> you see, uh, yeah, so bother. It looks like... The nuke has gotten stuck because it <laughs> ate too much of the honey. It's so just like poo is like the... spreading honey on the rocket and then it's like stuck to the landing pad. <laughs> oh, bother. Oh, bother. <laughs> well, so, let's, let's... Okay, so they ended it with just like pure speculation. Let's just hope that we're not out here. No one's out here nuking the moon. We should all realize this is a bad idea, but you never know. 
Yeah. You know, yeah, what are you going to do? But anyway, you know what I do know? What's that? No, we're at the end of the day <gasps> episode. Ding, ding. Thank you, everybody, for listening this far. This is a, I had a very, I had a very holy uh, segment set. Sure Talk about God. Uh-huh. Farting. Uh-huh. And then I talked about Jesus in Japan. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I was... His, um... <laughs> Jesus is hot vacay to Japan. <laughs> if I could hot somehow... Hot girl summer for Jesus. <laughs> hot girl summer for Jesus. There it is. Yeah. There's the there episode we title we were looking for. <laughs> Whoever said it. Uh-huh. Hey, I just delivered it on a fucking silver platter. But, uh, if, and all the listeners are going to be like, why is it God poops? Like, <laughs> like, then why is... They didn't actually use that one. But thank you, everybody, for getting uh, to the end of the podcast. Remember, if you have any segments, send them to segmentcitypodcast at gmail.com. Hit up our Twitters, Segment City, or YouTube is Segment City. And uh, if you have any, if you like the episode, give us a rating, give us a review, tell us what you like, um, and we will make sure to, to look, take a look at those. And we have a big thank you to give somebody in particular. Thank you to Rachel Robinson. She does our intro music and does other music that you can find on platforms such as Spotify, and some say she makes music so good, it's gonna split the moon right down the middle, It'll like split a melon. Your mind in half. It'll destroy your ego and your personality. <laughs> It'll destroy you. Uh, but anyway, we're gonna end with list of unusual deaths. This is Hans Steininger, who died in 1567. No specific date. Hans Steininger, the burgomaster of Braunau. The burgomaster, oh. Yeah, the burgomaster of uh, of Braunau, which I, when you scroll over in Wikipedia, says Braunau Amin is a town in Upper Austria on the border of Germany. It is known for being the birthplace of Adolf Hitler. Woof. What a place to be known. <laughs> what a, what a, oof. So, yeah. What a thing. <laughs> then Bavaria, now Austria. Died when he broke his neck by tripping over his own beard. Oh, man. The beard. <laughs> oh, bother. How how long do you think this beard was? Because uh, I assure you six, it's going to be... Six well, and a half feet long. Oh, that's too long. That's <laughs> It well, was 4.5 feet. That's so long. Man, just trim yeah. your beard. I mean, he's a short guy, though. Yeah, for international people, it's 1.5 meters long at the time, uh, was usually kept rolled up in a leather pouch. <laughs> so he, <laughs> he used to have bro, it like a big pouch. Bro really went out and accessorized rather than clipping his damn beard. Like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he had a moment where he was just like, you know what? I think it's fine. It'd be like you going out. Like, I think I could take trash out with no glasses, right? <laughs> yeah, like I right. could go with no beard thing. Like and then he just freaking dies <laughs> immediately. Oh, oh poor guy. <laughs> well, golden bye. That is the end of the episode, Theo. It is oh, the end. I gotta go roll Goodbye. up my beard before I get up. Oh, <laughs> <For 10 laughs> it takes forty-five minutes. We'll see you later. <laughs>